Hi, I'm Dave Barnes. And I'm John McLaughlin. And welcome to Dadville. Dadville is a podcast where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of awesome dadding. It's funny thoughts and deep talks. So please, enjoy your time here in Dadville and enjoy this episode with... Dave and me. Dave, taking care of your health <laughs> isn't always easy, you know, but it should at least be simple, right? Mm, That's so why <laughs> for the the last few years, Dave, mm. you've probably noticed yeah. I've been drinking AG1 per day. No of exceptions. It's okay? easy to see it, in the binoculars. Right? <laughs> it's just one scoop. Mixed in water yep. once a day, every day, and it makes us feel energized and focused and ready to take on the day, you know? That's right, John. And that's because each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, oh. and more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. That's right. Dave, I've mm-hmm. been dying to know this. Yeah. Okay? okay. How do you know for sure that AG1 is a quality product. John, thank you for asking, first yeah. of all, okay? It's because I know with AG1, I'm giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process so you know it's safe. And AG1's ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrient density. I love all three I've of I've never been more impressed with myself than that one yeah. sentence. Now, yeah. John, question for you. Okay, let's, let's hear it, Dave. What does your morning look like with AG1? Spare well, no details. Look, no I'll details. tell you, even though I know you know, because those binoculars are really high quality. I like to drink AG1 first thing in the morning. Okay. I wake up at 4 a.m. every day. Oh, boom, mm-hmm. AG1. Wow. Okay. Then I go back to sleep. Okay, and then I just so I can wake up again and have another AG1. <laughs> That's, That's not That's really great. true. Yeah. But I have AG1 first thing in the morning, okay. which is recommended for optimal nutrition absorption. Gosh, we're so smart. We're so smart. I fill up my... Uh, shaker with yep. the extra cold water. Yep. Add one scoop of AG1. Yep. Shake it up. Uh-huh. I'm ready to go. Okay. 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 If I'm running short on time, or if I'm on the road yep. traveling, all that kind of stuff, I'll grab a travel pack. That makes sense. Easy. Yeah. Each one is an individual serving of AG1 that's easy to mix on the go to make sure that I get my daily nutrients no matter what. Listen, if there's one product we had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1. And that's why we've partnered with them for so long. That's right. So if you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. And try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash dadville. That's drinkag1.com slash dadville. Check it out. Welcome back, folks, to Dadville. Uh, Another early 2024 episode, unless you're listening to this in 2026. And what is that like? (laughs) What are we dealing with in 2026? (laughs) Oh, do we have hoverboards? Do we have shoes that dry themselves? These are the questions I would have for Isn't you, that always, future person. That's always the question of the future. The hoverboards. Self-drying shoes. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the hoverboards. We were lied to, you know? I feel like somebody's just been lazy. Yeah. We've prioritized probably, We things. could get it. We could do it. <laughs> Instead, like, you know, we got Tesla or something. Come on, Elon. Um, so I'm really excited about this episode. John and I, this is like kind of a new... This is, it is feels kind of new. It's like a new branch yeah. of the Dadville engine. So, tree. tree. Uh, bush. Bush. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. We, we're going to be talking about work today a little bit. John, uh, John and I were talking uh, earlier about sort of like the Dave and John episodes coming up. And I thought it'd be fun for us to maybe like try to, try to dare I say, tackle some issues. Mm-hmm. This was top of mind. This is more of a work. tickle fight than a tackle, but... Well, a lot of times they're one and the same. <laughs> I'm really, really glad we've never played football together. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna talk some about work and and uh, uh, all that lies therein. And what's really feeling very professional about this episode, yeah, is that you have prepared a brief history of work. I have. So earlier today, Dave sent me a little voice note, and um, I was trying to relax, and he was forcing me to work. <laughs> 
And he was he had this idea to do work, and I thought, oh, I immediately I thought, I wonder what the history of the work week is. There have been a couple times in in these past few years where I have learned about something that I thought, you know, in my lifetime, I thought was just kind of there forever. And then you learn like, oh, you know, the, like, like uh, the Pledge of Allegiance. I just learned that like, just, for, I'd never really thought about it, but I'm like, I don't know. It's always been around. Yeah. But no, like at a certain point, you know, it was written and then like implemented in the schools and then they added like under God during the Eisenhower administration. Whoa. It's like all this stuff, you know? Anyway, so I'm I'm sort of like, there's like a new wrinkle in my brain where I'm like, with, with things I'm like, what? probably it wasn't always the way that we know. Like the water we swim in wasn't always like this. At some point, the work week, the nine to five was started. That was like a new norm. Can I take a guess? Because is it um, Henry Ford, right? You're right, Dave. It started it? Well... Yes, and by no. the way, small aside. Yeah, they. I was watching the Detroit Lions game, uh-huh. and they did a shot of the box. You know, mm-hmm. the, one of these playoffs games, and they showed the shot of the box, and they had. I, I, maybe she's the owner, but she was in there, and they featured her, and her name was something Firestone Ford. And I thought, boy, if oh, you yeah. wonder at all, at all, <laughs> who's what picking her- up the tab? <laughs> <laughs> Not just Ford. Like her middle name should have been Mustang. I'm like, that is. I mean, you have doubled down on her first name is Bank of America. I mean, it's unbelievable. I just laugh so hard about something. She, she's she can't go anywhere without you know. Yeah, there's no getting around that. <laughs> um. Yes. So, and all this to say, I I did a very very brief for any historians listening out there. This is, I did a brief run through of the internet. I googled like the history of the nine to five or something like that. And you got yes. Dolly Parton. Uh, <laughs> that did come up actually. <laughs> yes. So this is according to Wikipedia and a, and a couple other sites, the eight hour work week or work day. Um, eight hour work day. Right. Right. Eight hour right, work right. day. It originated. Oh, uh, you know what? I got some other, it actually originated in Spain. Oh, Wow. And but let's and then it, the the industrial revolution in Britain that's where the um, industrial production and a lar- and large factories transformed working life. So it slowly like the workday used to be just like all day. You know what I mean? Hmm. So but then in the U.S. right carpenters in Philadelphia in 1791. Oh wow! Went on strike for a 10-hour workday. They were striking to get it lower. to get it down to ten hours. Jeez Louise! Then the, basically, this whole thing just is one example of how slowly things get done hmm. in in the country or around the world. Really, they were they were striking for a ten hour workday by the eighteen thirties. This had become a general demand, right? So that's how much how that's forty years later. And then 1835, the first general strike in North America, led by Irish coal heavers, was led. And they had banners that read, this is funny, this is their banners okay. that they were striking with. From six to six, 10 hours for work, two hours for meals. Jeez. That's the banner. You just think it's going to be, it's going to rhyme. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I, guys. I was so ready for you to get me there. I know. Like from six to six, and then we quit, or something yeah, yeah. like that, you know. And <laughs> it's like quits. ten hours for work, from six two to hours six, for meals. Then we quit. Then we quit. I just want to circle back on that. <laughs> All right. Uh, then eighteen sixty-eight. Okay. Yeah. So we fast forward uh, like thirty years. Congress passed an eight-hour law for federal employees, specifically laborers and mechanics, uh, employed by the federal government. President Andrew Johnson vetoed the act. Oh, because wow. he said he could not, he himself could not commit to an eight-hour workday. Now I don't know if he was like, I can't work that long, or I can't work that few of hours. Then in 1869, President Ulysses S. Grant mm-hmm. issues a national eight-hour law proclamation. Now I don't know what that actually means. It seems like there were all these kinds of things where, like, 
1868, it was a bill in Congress. And then in 1869, President Grant does this thing. It's like, I don't know why it's not still happening. There wasn't like a day where it's like, it's done. Now it's Hmm. done. You know what I mean? So basically, over the following decades, there are strike after strike after protest after protest all over the country where workers are pushing for an eight-hour workday. Then in 1912, Teddy Roosevelt actually campaigned on the promise of an eight-hour workday. So, can, you know, it's funny. Really quick aside, Annie and I are watching this show called The Gilded Age. Yeah, I you watched know? it. Oh, you did? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so it's um, for those who don't know it, Julian Fellows, who did Downton Abbey, who is yeah. the creator of Downton Abbey, created this show. It's based in the late uh, 1880s, uh-huh. like around then, in New York. So, it's imagine, you've seen it, but imagine, for those who are listening, Downton Abbey, but in New York... In the 1880s, so it's you know right before cars. It's but it's the same idea, like high society. Yeah, families kind of like clamoring for social uh, prestige. Basically, Downton Abbey without the accents. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the, the episode we were on last night in season two is about exactly this. Do you remember when the oh really one of the stars, the the men, uh, the kind of main male star in the series owns um, a bunch of stuff, but one of them is a railroad company member, and mm-hmm. he's going against the union in Philadelphia, and there's a really cool scene that uh, enunciates what you're saying, and the guy said, obviously it's all fictional, but um, the guy that's the head of the union in Philadelphia that this the star is so mad at, because he wants these guys, you know, he still won't have to deal with the union, says, because he invites him up to basically try to bribe him, and the guy says, this isn't a living what you're creating for us. And I was like, and that just really stuck with me, this idea that like people before what you're saying, they were like, that he's just like, we're, I'm not, there's no life. I'm just working. Like you have yeah, us yeah. working so hard that there's nothing to do but work in my life, you know? Yeah. Which is crazy to think that that's one of the reasons this was so big to these guys is they're going, there's just no margin. Yeah. You know? Well, and when you think of like back, I mean, right now in our history, that like that I'm reading right now. We're we're just at 1912. Yeah, yeah. And they're still pushing for an eight-hour day. So like, and it's not like people had electricity. Yeah, electricity, yeah, yeah. Or like, you know, there aren't like the modern comforts yeah. that make it so that you can go someplace and right. have a night. Right, you know? Right. So, all right, I'm almost done here. Then 1914, some places say 1926. This is where Ford comes in. So it's either 1914 or 1926. I read a couple articles that had different years. But anyway, Ford doubled their pay to all their employees Dang. to $5 a day, which in 2022 would be $150. Okay. And made it company standard um, that it's eight hours a day, a 40-hour work week. Wow. And that really impacted the whole wow. country. Wow. And then in 1937, under FDR's New Deal, um, we got the Fair Labor Standards Act, which limited everything to 40 hours a week and established increased pay for anything beyond that. So there we go. Hmm. And then two other stats that I kind of looked up because I was, I was just curious if I could find, like, how much does the average American work per week? And according to the United States Bureau of Labor Stats, the average number of hours worked per week by an American is 34.6. Oh, wow. But then there was a, a survey poll done by Indeed, mm-hmm. just like a mm-hmm. hiring Yeah. Thing. They found that during an eight-hour day, the average worker only spends four hours <laughs> and 12 minutes yeah, actively working. I, feel, I believe that. Doesn't that sound right? So I, wonder, I wonder There's if pre-smartphones, if that was still true. Yeah, because back in the day, I mean, think, think about like back in, ni- I mean, even in like 19, in the 90s. Yeah. It's not like the thing, like the typewriter that you're typing on can't also play volleyball. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? If you're really good. I shouldn't say that. I actually don't know that <laughs> much about typewriters. That feels very limiting to me. <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I do, it makes you wonder. If, yeah, like I mean, the and thing that the, you have to hold on to for work couldn't do anything. Yeah, it's a video game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I think the thing that is, is fascinating to me about what you've just read is it sort of implies that uh, people working a lot is not a new thing. Right. And I was actually surprised. 
because I thought, and I think this is because of us living in America and, you know, when we've traveled over to France and Italy and I've seen some documentaries that kind of are to this effect that like America works too much. Yeah. Like if you go over to Italy, there's this documentary called Where to Invade Next. It's a Michael Moore thing where he went to different countries and he highlighted something that this country does really well. And hmm. it was kind of the parody of it was he as an American was invading <laughs> and is going to take that. Gotcha. You know? That's funny. And he went to Italy and looked at their kind of standard labor laws and like how much time off you get for maternity oh, leave, yeah, paternity yeah, yeah, leave. Yeah. It's like, I may, I may be butchering this, so don't quote me, but like it's illegal to like email your employees after five o'clock or like on the weekends. It's like they have very, so I think because of that, because sometimes, sometimes I look at America as like, we work too much. We're upset. I, I was kind of expecting it to be like, no, people used to work less. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think really was the case. Like if you had, if you were higher in the class system, you didn't. You probably didn't work. Yeah, I right. mean, at the top, you're right. not working. Right. Which that is different now. Like the higher class, it's like you're working. You're Elon Musk or something like that. You're sleeping at your office all right, the time. Right. Right. So that has changed. But this also makes more sense. It's like life just used to be so much harder. Yeah. Just to you know, I mean, we're sitting in Nashville, Tennessee, right now, um, under like eight inches of snow. We would have been working all day to like chop wood, right? Right. To like right, just right. put it to heat the house, or right, whatever you know. Right. So that, but I was kind of surprised by this a little bit. Yeah, that, that I think I would have I would have agreed with you. I thought we worked less, and now we're like workaholics. So. Dave, pop quiz, Dave. Oh. Okay. Sorry. Wow, that was really good. Thanks. Um, Dave. Yeah. Pop quiz. Yep. All right. What are all the ways that you could sell something? Okay. Uh, a stand at the farmer's market. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Telemarketing cold calls. Your favorite, John. Mm-hmm. Your favorite. Love those. Billboards. Keep going, Dave. Ah, the phone book. Walking up and down the bleachers at a game. Oh, hang on, hang on. Yeah. What about selling on Shopify? I feel like that's the best answer because Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? I remember that barely. It was so long ago. <laughs> Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling silky sheets, watch this, watch this. Or hawking heavenly harps. <laughs> wow. Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Ooh. I can do alliteration okay. too, Dave. That. With the internet's best converting checkout 36 percent better on average compared to the other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to shopify magic your ai powered all-star ai that's right i love ai Mm -hmm. what i love about shopify is that you can grow your average order value with the shopify bundles app where you can create and sell product bundles with ease shopify powers 10 percent of all e-commerce in the u.s that's and shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothies, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. John, can I say something? Please do. They might go by Rothies too. I don't know, and I don't want to put that on them. It could be a Southern thing. (laughs) Yeah, it's a regional dialect (laughs) thing. Rothies, Rothies, whatever. (laughs) Let me add something to that, Dave. Please do. In addition to Rothy's, okay. <laughs> Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way yeah. because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dadville, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dadville now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash dadville. 
<laughs> Gosh, John, I forget how good you are at karate. That's incredible. I know, man. I mean, it's all about the right belt. It is. Timing you know? or your leather belt. Exactly. I, I feel like maybe, is that not, that's what you meant. Not really, okay. but speaking of, oh, Dave, wow, I'm yeah, just yeah. going to try to transition to okay. save you. <laughs> Finally, Dave, Yeah. warm spring days are arriving. Oh, Am I gosh. right? Isn't it great? You know what? I need a new pair of shades that I don't have to baby. Do you know what I'm saying, John? I don't want to take care of them. Let me put them on, take them off, and not have to worry Look, about it. Hey, Dave, I know exactly Sorry. Sorry, what I didn't you mean. mean. Knock around is the solution. They've been making high-quality shades that don't break the bank okay. since 2005. Oh, wow. And they've actually been my personal go-tos for years. Oh, yeah. I love Knockaround, John. They have over 20 different frame styles, so there's something for everyone, including tons of kids' pairs. That's right. So whether you're looking to rep your favorite sports teams, mm -hmm. you know, like you're a sports guy, mm -hmm. <laughs> spend some relaxation time in the yard, yep. or cruise down Broadway with the windows down oh. like Dave does uh -huh. all the time. All the time. Every Tuesday and Thursday mm -hmm. and Saturday. Mm -hmm. Knock around. That's what you need. Yeah, yeah. All of their lenses have UV 400 protection, which is basically like sunscreen for your eyes, which, by the way, <laughs> I've tried that and it hurts. <laughs> Use the sunglasses, everybody. With polarized adult pairs starting at 28 bucks, you can get a few pairs to leave in your car, toss in your beach bag, or lend to a friend in need. Dave, that is such a good price I that I might buy a pair just to intentionally lose them. I don't love that logic, John, but I know, you do but have a history of misplacement. It's not around. Fight me because like of the karate stuff. But it could so. be perfect for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So Dadville fans, don't squint through family beach days yeah. or trips to the park. Check out knockaround.com and use the promo code Dadville15 for 15% off your order. That's Dadville15 for 15% off your order at knockaround.com. One of my questions, I'm going to lead with this question. Yeah. Because I think that this, I can only speak for myself, but I, I, this really has shaped and impacted my life and my relationship with my own work. Starts with what I grew up seeing my dad mm, do. Yeah, so that's what, great. What was your dad's relationship with work from your perspective? And how did that, how do you see that impacting you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the thing that's always fascinated me about the generations before us, exactly what you said, is, you know, work work for my dad and then his dad and then his dad was so different than my work, one. But I think the way that iterated through the generations is really powerful because I would argue as you go higher up the chain, so if you go from me to my dad from to his dad and his dad, you know, um, work was such a necessary thing. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of a, um, um, what do you call it? Uh, 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 you don't even talk about it. It's like, I got to go work. Yeah. And I'll see you later. Yeah. You know, there yeah. wasn't anything You're like... You're not constantly having to make decisions throughout the day whether to continue working yeah. or to like... Walk well, down to lunch with your wife. Yeah, and, and I would say, and you're not having that like, well, can you be here at so-and-so to help with this thing? Or yeah. Johnny's got a baseball game at two. It was just like, I'm gone. Yeah, I'll be back when I'm done with my work. Right. You know, th there wasn't, you know, I think nowadays there's much more of like a, not a shame culture around us. I would say maybe dads around like, mm -hmm. you're missing, you know, it's the thing we always, it's cats in the cradle, right? It's like, you miss the baseball game and you miss the... I don't know that that was that wasn't even a conversation. From what I right. understand, like talking to my dad and even understanding my grandparents and great grandparents, that was that was like laughed at. Like, yeah, well, no, I'm not gonna. You know, I can't. Yeah. I just got to work. Right. So I think you know that informs I think your dad and my dad and their dads mm -hmm. and how work worked for them and sort of what that meant for relationships with their parents and how much they saw them and the interaction you know there and uh, yeah, I mean my dad, I mean. <laughs> My dad is a super duper hard worker. Um, I know yours is too. And, um, you know, I, I think one of the things that I laugh about when I think about my dad and work is like, he wanted me working. I think I was 14 when I got, maybe 13 when I got my first uh -huh. job. And that was a very real, like, you know, you need to, you need to work. You need to understand what work is. Did you want a job? No. At that time? No. I mean, you know, I think like anybody, I probably enjoy the thought of having some money, but it wasn't right. even, we live in such a small town, I don't even know what I was spending on. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. like, we barely had a movie theater. It sort of happened when I was around that age, but uh -huh. it was only one movie, 
You know, and it, you like, only had one screen. Yeah, and it, and it would break for like five minutes in the middle to change reels, which yeah. was really sweet and yeah. endearing. It's, yeah. I have wonderful memories of that place, but you know, it wasn't. We weren't a place that had an arcade or had a right. mall. I mean, we didn't have any of that stuff. So that really wasn't part of my experience. Was like, oh, I got to have some money to go do stuff. It was yeah. like we just kind of skateboarded and hung at our friends' houses. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and had an underground MMA thing with anyway, but sure. that uh, pets. I think. So I think for me, that was, when I think about dad, there was a very real sense of like, you know, we got to get you working. It's sort of like, that's what And around do. that time, it's like, this is you, this is a rite of passage. Like mm-hmm. you're becoming a man. Yeah. And that means you're working. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, you know, oh my, I mean, it's, I wonder if, I, I, obviously I want to know what you have to say about this too. I, I, I mean, I think if I count, I had a lot of jobs. And like sort of junior high and high school, like a ton, you know. So you couldn't hold down a job, is what you're saying? Honestly, no. I was really bad at most of those things. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and I think so. It's funny to think because I don't actually sit down and think about that much, but I did have a. I just worked a lot. I just had lots of jobs I was doing. You know? Yeah. But was because from the top, that was top down. That was right. kind of like right. this is what we do. Because there's nothing I struggle with more as a human than FOMO. And I uh-huh. hated not being where my friends were, but right. that just wasn't an option. Yeah, you know, so I was I was working. Dad, as far as his work, you know, being a preacher, I actually one of one of the most um, uh, vivid memories I have of my dad that has very much colored my experience, not only as a man and a dad, but but as a worker, <clears throat> is uh, you know, Dad was a pastor and and being a preacher you know you don't really you have hours but i mean you know you're kind of yeah you're kind of say, always like, accessible right like it's if they sort of a non-traditional yeah job and it's almost like a doctor on call sort uh-huh. of like if somebody yeah. needs something or whatever but i'll never forget um and so you know dad worked hard during the week we had a dad always laughs now but the house we lived in it just constantly needed it was a great house it wasn't in disrepair at all yeah but it was just always something was wrong with it so dad right. I remember, and he laughs now, like weekends for dad were almost just as much work because he was painting, patching up, mowing. You yeah. know, we had like a, I think an acre lot. So it was just like, I just remember dad was always doing something. Uh-huh. It was like, you know, and and around the house. So it just, you know, I don't have images of dad just like kicking it a lot. Like he loved sports and he loved the master. You know, like he would watch those things. I'm not yeah. saying he didn't know how to relax, but I just remember him working a lot. That was yeah. a... But anyway, one of the most poignant memories I have is we were sitting at a dinner table one night, and I couldn't have been, probably even Ben's age now, maybe 11, 12, 13, and the phone rang, and Dad answered, <clears throat> and I just remember, you know, it's quiet because he's on the phone, it's right there in the room, you know, the like like old school phone, mm-hmm. and um, and he says, okay, he says, yes, this is him, okay, okay, well, I, you know, I'm at home now, and so you can call one of our elders. They'll be able to help with that, but I, I'm not available right now. Okay, and I remember hanging up, and I remember in that moment, I went, dang, that was cold. Like, because I remember it feeling very, like, cut and dry. Like, he was, like, he hung on the phone, and we were back into a conversation, and feeling like, wow, he just told whoever that was, like, I can't help you right now, basically, yeah. you know. yeah. But as I, I mean, not long after that, I remember thinking, what a cool thing to see that he yeah. was like, this is when I'm home mm-hmm. and this is my family. We're sitting down eating dinner. So that's, that's the end of your access to me in a vocational yeah. way. Yeah. And so it, that has colored a lot of how I feel, even in very like subliminal ways uh, of being a dad and sort of work and even a husband, you know, trying to draw some boundaries on mm-hmm. that stuff. And I think it's been really helpful um, as I think about it now. What about, what about your dad? Um, well, my dad had a, I mean, he had a, I guess a non-traditional work week in that he, for a lot of those young years, he like left on Monday and was back on Friday. Hmm. So he traveled all during the week. And, um, and I mean, my dad's the greatest I love him to death and I it's such a credit to him as a dad that I really don't feel it's not like I'm scarred by hmm. that. I and he was there at any of the big things like basketball games, all the swim meets. I mean, I don't really ever remember my dad not I'm being assuming there. more swim meets than basketball games. I said sorry, did I put an S on that? <laughs> 
that one basketball game. <laughs> I mean, it's so many swim meets. What, 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 Joe, what is the quote again? The McLaughlin's are what? what he are you said, saying? "You're not a basketball player by trade." <laughs> That's a great example, though. That yeah, was just yeah. a tryout. Yeah, that I was at. Yeah, and my yeah. dad took me. You know, but but generally speaking, my what I observed from Mike McLaughlin is he is a very hard worker. Mm. Like he, I mean, and like you're saying, it's not like he couldn't relax. Like Sundays were like, we went to church, yeah, yeah, yeah. we came home, yeah. we watched the Colts yeah, game. Yeah. Like my, my parents were like laying on the couch watching the Colts game. So it's not like I saw a workaholic yeah. in that way. I never, I never felt like he would rather be at work. I yeah, never felt that's like what, that's really well. Said. Always knew he that. would rather yeah. be with us. Yeah. Um, but he, and I know I've said this on past episodes here. Like it, in my, it didn't really start to become a factor until we had kids. But the early years, of, I've been a, a dad now for eleven years. Those early years, really, I really felt difference between my day-to-day life and what I saw my dad's day-to-day life when I was a kid. Mm. And I felt lazy. Like it was a real thing that I had to work through. Mm. I kind of have a, a low level of that all of the time. But for those first couple years, because, you know, I'm just writing a song. Like today, for example, I'm, I'm back in the shed mm. working on a song. Luca comes out. And is like, hey, will you take me? And she had a friend over. Will you take us down to the park to go sledding? It's like the perfect day. It's the sun is out. And I, and I had like just started working. And I was already a little stressed about like, I've got stuff to do. But I just, probably in an unhealthy way, I I always lean. I'll take, I, I um, took him to, yeah, for sure. to sled. For sure. And I'm like, you know what? I started the song. I need to work on the lyrics of the chorus. I can do that while while I'm there. I like push him down the hill. I push him as hard as I can, so it takes him a while to get back. And I'm just working on the lyric. Yeah. But so for me, that has been kind of my relationship. Like he's and my mom too. They're just they're such hard workers. Mm. And when they're when my dad was home, he's he's an engineer, so he's great with cars and engines and stuff like that. He'd be working on the car. I've had to battle for me not feeling like I'm working as hard. I feel like I'm lazy. Hmm. And if he's listening to this, Dad, you did not put that on me. That's hmm. self-imposed. But it's because I really, A, saw him working very, very hard for us, and B, my work life looks nothing like his yeah. work yeah. life. Yeah. You know? I mean, when we're traveling for shows and stuff like that, that's different. Yeah, but yeah. most of the time, we're staring out a window trying to come up with a melody. Yeah. You know, so it just looks so different. Yeah. So. Yeah. It um, does, it does, when you said it, it makes me think about like how we as parents who, who work, um, how, like how mindful, even just hearing you say about your dad, I'm like, it reminds me if there's a mindfulness to think about around you know, just how that looks to the kids, like whatever our work is, how that appears to them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and I don't want to overthink this and I'm not coddling them. That's not the point, but just like, is there anything to be thought about and how, how they're seeing work being presented to them through us Yeah, and how that affects them? Yeah. You know, like what, one thing I was really challenged by that drew, I, I feel like drew may have said this on, on here, but somebody did. And I really have to work at is like when I do go play shows that I don't say I've got to go do it. Yeah. But I get to I go do, do I it. I think about that a lot as well. Um, but even just those small tweaks that I do think get stuck in. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because like, you know, because Annie, um, though she's a pharmacist, she's been a stay-at-home mom since basically Sam was born. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so they're seeing her version of work, which is maintaining the home, and she's involved in the church and the things she's doing. And then they see my work, which is music, whatever. But, so, you know, there's just these different ways they're sort of onboarding in- information. Yeah. You know, and, and what, and, and, you know, someday if they're sitting with their friend like we are right now and they're going like, Oh, what'd your dad do? And they tell them and they're going to have some thing they learned from us about work 
Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. But it's like, it's funny to actually sit here and think about that. Like what it, and when you and I laugh about this all the time, but especially with our work, it's like, you know, oh, he, he was like playing piano and he, yeah, I don't know. I, he I would guess stare. he was unemployed. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I do think like, he you know. He always pronounced it self-employed, yeah. but I think it was that, that is, and we've talked about this. That's one of my final thoughts. That's one of my favorite things about playing Nashville shows because it's, they, like when I do my Christmas show or like, you know, rhyming whatever I'm doing here, mm-hmm. they can come and they see that. And yeah. I, I just think there's so much value because they see the other side. They see the songwriting part of it so much. But I'm like, for them to see like, oh, this is where, this is, what it turns into. Right. You know, like, right. oh, there's people and there's... Well, that's what I... I don't worry about it. Worry is not the right word, but but it's funny when I think about them making that connection. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what my kids... Sometimes I feel like my kids would be like, well, no, he didn't work when he was in town at <laughs> yeah, home. Yeah, he was... <laughs> he, he works sometimes, like, he'll leave and go play shows. Yeah. But then when he's home, he did... Yeah. Oh, were you working back there? It, you know, I, I've told you before how, like, my my writer's room in the backyard, I had this sort of lofty goal of, like, the door. I, I want them to say, like, you know what? That door was always never, open. Never shut. It, he never, he was never like, go away, I'm working. And I th- I think, I think I'm, I'm changing my tune on that. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm like... Every time I go back there and I'll, I'll lock the door, like if I have like a, a, a Zoom meeting or a live stream or something like that, I'll lock the door. But And I don't like doing it because I just, I feel like I'm giving up on that goal of them being like the door, All you know what? Open access. He, we could always go talk to him. And he yeah. was always back there. Yeah. But I mean, there have been enough times where they come back and they're like, you know, they're getting mud all over the floor and then like grabbing guitars and banging on the piano. And like, I've got a logic session up and they just like apples eat a couple things. And I'm like, you know what? I think this is worse for everyone. Well, and you know what too? I, I mean, this is, this is, I know what, this is what you're saying, but I think I, I go, no, they need to understand. Like, yeah, work is sometimes something you don't get to participate in. Like you have to leave while I do this. And it's and not, that's hard. That's what's hard for me. Yeah. Like today with, Luca asking if we can go sled. I'm glad that we did that. And I think it just so happened that I was at a place where I was working on a lyric at that time. And so you can go, you can kind of do whatever. Yeah. So that worked out. But but I do think, John, you got to, it's fine. Yeah. You're not going to scar them. Yeah. It's okay if they can't go sledding right now. Yeah. You know, it's the middle of the day. Yeah. But that's just really it hard is tough. for me. I feel that it's hard for me to choose work over anything, family-wise. And as I say that, I don't like <laughs> that. I don't want anybody listening to be like, "All right, Dad of the Year here." I'm, I'm, I'm like, it's not, it's not a good thing. I think I do it too much. I think I, I need to move a little bit more in the direction well, of Well, I like, think one, one of the things that's tricky about what we do is that we don't deal with a lot of deadlines. There's that's not the we, we don't live in a world where people are texting us, calling us, emailing us, going like, hey, is that thing done? Yeah. Like, I need it, it by be, I've never today. turned anything by 5 o'clock. That's yeah, not a it's thing. Not, that's you know, every now and then, we, we do have that. We have mixes. We have, you know, th- th- there are things we do that they need to be done by a certain time. There's no doubt. It's except just not for, a except, lot. I mean, yes, you're right, but it's like, or you just move that deadline. Yeah. So I think, I think, like you're saying, for those who are listening, going, "What are y'all talking about?" I think that's the thing about our job that is pretty unique and weird is that there's just not like. So when you know, yesterday when I knew I had to work on some stuff that was mm-hmm. that does have a little like people are waiting on a couple things for me. Yeah. And the kids go, "Hey, I want to go sled." I'm like. Ugh. It's snowing. You can go sled. You can do that stuff this afternoon. Right. And I do. And I go sled, and I'm glad I did, but yeah. it's a weird thing. It's a really, it is something about what we do that I'm always like, there's some weird baked in shame stuff for me that's like, you know, these, it's true. I just and it's, hearing, it's, getting, it's getting better, I will say. Yeah. It's, I think I'm getting better at it, but, it, but it's. Um, I, I will say too, for anybody listening, I think that is so much harder when they're really little. Yeah. Like the older they get, and they just, you know, they're kind of doing their own thing a little mm-hmm. more. It's not mm-hmm. near as hard. When it's like right. little or that stuff gets tricky because yeah. it's like, 
when there's a real need for you to be around or like whatever. That's just hard. That's a hard season. He's the fastest man in town. Who it's you talking John about? Tung. Who you talking about? Tung. Tung. I thought you were going to sing about me. Oh. It's okay. Well, I was trying to get it's think okay. of how to, like, no, 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 he's faster. <laughs> this is a compliment well, song. That actually means a lot to me that you were considering that. <laughs> uh, just me and faster in a sentence have never been uh, said before, so it already yeah. means so much. Uh, You've been watching the playoffs? Oh, of course I have, yep. Dave. Are you kidding? Yep. I mean, in my opinion, okay. what could be more captivating, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. than the synchronized savagery of the world's finest athletes battling both the cruel winter elements mm. and their opponents' hopes and dreams in an effort to reach the promised land in an oasis in the desert known as Las Vegas, you know, in the big championship game. Listen, just, okay, okay. I've been watching too, John, and yeah. you know what I love the most about football? What? The way the great quarterbacks are able to methodically drive their Whoa. teams down the field for a score. Whoa. Dave. Yeah. Did you just say methodical? Well, technically, I said methodically. Oh, oh. well, that's close enough, Dave. Because that just made me think about today's sponsor. Mm -hmm. They're sponsoring this episode, and it's my favorite morning cup of joe. Let's sing it together, Dave. Methodical coffee. Yeah, yeah. Methodical coffee is craft coffee and tea for people of all kinds. Mm -hmm. Roasted, blended, brewed, served, and perfected by verified coffee and tea nerds like my friend Johnny John. That's exactly right, Dave. And methodical, it's not just their name, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's their approach to everything. Look at that. But the best of Methodical's coffees is... Tell them, John. Well, we're biased, but (laughs) I think it's the signature Dadville blend. It is. Right? Dave, the Dadville blend is the fuel that gets me going. Mm. It's the fuel that got me walking over here. It's Whoa. the fuel that is fueling me. You know what I mean? <laughs> Filled with hints of chocolate, graham, and brown sugar. Methodical is on a mission to connect people to the beauty of life through coffee experiences for people like you. Methodical's been roasting and hosting the Roast and Host, as we call it in Mississippi, <laughs> for over nine years. And they offer a wide selection of coffees and teas that are complex... Yeah, easy going. There it is. Wouldn't you say? Yep. Now, on their site, you'll also find brew guides that'll teach you how to turn your coffee brewing chore into a beloved ritual. Mm. Craft a cup you'll love with methodical coffee. Also, get 10% off your first order of coffee or tea with the discount code DADVILLE. And here's the other thing. It's like, it's like that Tim McGraw song, Live Like... You're dying. Mm-hmm. Is that the? Is that yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Chris Allen, Chris Allen, and and Tim McGraw. It's like that at a glance is like yes, mm-hmm. that is globally that's how we should live. But if you frame that every decision through that, it's like well, I'm I'm never gonna look back on my deathbed and wish I would have worked instead of spent time with the girls. Yeah. But you can't do that every time. Yeah. You know, so you can't just always be looking through that lens 24-7. Yeah. Or maybe you can't. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. Um, all right. I got a couple other questions for you. How are we doing on time? Oh, we're great. Okay. I got to get to work here in a bit. Um, <laughs> so what is, for you, what is a good, is is there some kind of standard, because we don't have traditional jobs here, is there something that makes you, on any given day, feel like you had a productive day? Is there, or are you just kind of like, no, I go through seasons, like when I'm in writing mode, then it's like I need to make progress on a song or write a new song or whatever, but when I'm not in writing mode, I, I don't really think about it at the end of every day. What's your relationship with like the daily sort of like box check of like I had a good day or I wasn't productive today? What does yeah. that look like? Yeah, no, you. I mean, you know, you know, you, like you said, it's kind of what the season I'm in for work. Like shows are incredibly fulfilling for that feeling. Yeah. Like when you get done with a show, that to me is maybe like the top two or three ways in what we do that I feel that like we cut the tree down, we built a house, we right. something that you're looking at going, I did that today and I'm going to sleep so good because I see that I did something. Right. Shows it's are a tangible. Huge, yeah. Shows are a huge tangible thing for me. Um, I think, uh, you know, but, uh, and then songs, I mean, 
you know, if I'm in the middle of a song or the beginning of a song, in any any iter- any phase of a song, is is always really fun because it kind of feels like okay, I started something, and w- what gets frustrating is when I'm stuck. I hate that feeling. I yeah. hate going inside because you know Annie's like, hey, it's time to roll um, or come in, whatever, um, and I'm like can't get an idea out and I'm like mm-hmm. I need that freaking second verse lyric and I can't think of it yeah that's really tough um and then I think something that I've gotten better at as I've gotten older is I just don't I'm not quite as like I feel like I'm a little less addicted to that feeling of addicted is the wrong word I'm a little less dependent on that feeling to determine how the day went like I'm a little mm-hmm. better at having days that I come back and piddle and start a little idea here answer some emails you know, um, I don't know, work on a set list or something like those days feel more productive than they used to. Cause yeah. I think it used to either be like, I need to write a song today. I need and to work anything on else a song today count. and anything else is, is a failure yeah. for my time. <clears throat> That's something I feel like that, um, just time doing it. I think having friends like you help a lot. It's like, this is just a weird job. And, and yeah. me trying to sort of equate uh, a successful day in a traditional sense is such a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And so I've just given myself a lot more grace with having days. There's some days where I don't do any of that traditional work. And like during the summer when the kids are out and we go to a pool or, you know, where it's like, yeah, I just didn't do that today. And I've I've gotten a lot better. Like, and that's fine. It's totally fine mm-hmm. that that's not what I did today. Um, and But that I feel like that took me a while to get to because, you know, you kind of always want – something to show, you know, or it's kind of like, right. yeah, but I think, um, I think I'm a little more disciplined around like not having to have to feel that every time, yeah. you know? Um, well, but I do you are very, you're very disciplined. You, you are not a typical artist in that way. I feel like you, you have, you have sort of that artist thing, but you also have like the songwriter in you. That is a little bit more like well, you just go back here and that's what you do. Yeah, you just go. back And I to think it. to, it's funny. I think a lot of that comes from this feeling, though. I mean, it's what I love to do, mm-hmm. but I think there's also a little bit of like it gives me a feeling of productivity that I really enjoy. Yeah. Too. Um, so it's not quite as noble as I wish it was all the time. But like I said, the the older I get, <coughs> and the more I do it, it feels like a healthier work flow yeah. sort of thing. Where it's not quite as like, you know. Yeah, sometimes I I wonder, I don't know where the line of, um, you know, it's like the healthy version of it is I'm working to be productive. Yeah. Like I'm working, I mean, I'm almost tempted to take songwriting out of it a little bit just because there's that part of us that is, just wants to be creative. I yeah. want to write a song. I want to find some slightly different angle on how to say something, you know, paired with a good melody. Yeah, yeah. But so let's take that out of out of the equation for the whole creativity part. There's like there's there's a line and on one side of it is productivity to feel like you were productive. Yeah. And then on the other side of the line is sort of this masochistic sort of like well i have to i'm supposed to work yeah 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 i'm supposed to yeah grind at something and then that makes me feel like like almost like self-flagellation like you're just kind of whipping your back yeah feeling like and it's hard to really know where that line is it's hard to know how much like hypothetically if i had all the money in the world and i didn't have all these little things that I needed to do, like write the set lists, you know, like schedule the the band for the studio, whatever. Let's say all of that is taken care of. What would be left? I have a sense that I would I would have to wrestle with that masochistic side of me that's like, well, we gotta. Where's the where's the um, give and take here? It can't all be take. Hmm. We have to like yeah. And I don't know how healthy that is, you yeah. know? Well, you know, something that's always helped me is, like, I remember someone talk, I think Donald Miller was the first person to say this, but he's, that I heard, I know he's not the first person to say this, but this idea that work was in the garden, in the perfect, in Eden, before the fall, yeah. Adam and Eve worked. Yeah. 
And that really helped me because I think it took a little venom out of what you're saying, that masochistic thing. I'm like, why do I always feel like I got to get? And it was like, well, hold on, man. Like, this is our bend. Like, it's our natural pre-fall bend is to is to work. It's to, like, mm-hmm. put your hands to something and see it, you know, yield fruit, whatever the fruit is. So that that gave me a lot more grace for that than this sort of, like, why do I do this? Like, what? But that's what I'm talking about. I'm I'm saying the motivation for it is is a two-parter hmm. you know what i mean i think the healthy motivation is to be productive like yeah work in the garden to grow beautiful yeah. flowers and yeah. all that kind of stuff like to create beautiful things yeah not to justify your existence yeah yeah i feel that yeah yeah or not or not even to justify the existence but justify your enjoyment of your existence Hmm. for me to really feel like i can really enjoy the good parts of life Hmm. i have to feel like i earned it yeah you know what i mean oh man there you go there's your deep thought for the day yeah isn't that interesting yeah and i I, again i i think like you're saying with with what donald miller said to you in the garden i i mean I I know for sure if I had all the money in the world and didn't need to work, I would still be playing piano and writing songs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I don't think I don't have trouble imagining what my relationship with my work would be in that scenario. I I wonder what my relationship with the unhealthy side of that motivation would yeah. be. I think it would be hard to kick that. Yeah, and that, and that's and, and I think we're going to wink, wink, talk about this more in another mm-hmm. episode. Right. But I think that's where work as like an escape, work as mm-hmm. a justifier, work as a control, work as – that's where work gets really interesting to me as you start thinking about the way it, it uh, manifests in, in the ways that we use it in our life. Like, So it's not just a way that we – feel accomplishment or, um, you know, like, um, a a calling or something, whatever that means. But like, but then how we use it to do other things that to your point are really like not healthy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, that I think get tricky, especially in our country because we can color them and honor them in ways that I think can be potentially really dangerous or inappropriate you know mm-hmm. like we really kind of go well he works hard and that sort of justifies all the other decisions he makes in right. his life you know yeah. yeah um which is a whole other conversation for another time but yeah i feel that too should we land the plane with uh a couple things that i googled to help you stay focused and be more productive love this don't get your hopes up because oh. they they weren't all that great <laughs> First one was turn off distractions. I'm like, well, yeah. Second thing was focus on one thing at a time, mm. which is true. I, I am so guilty of starting with one little thing. Oh man! And then I'm like, oh, that's kind of yep, cool. Yep, yep, and then yep. I go over here and I'm like, well, what was that email? Um, take breaks. I'm great with that. I'm crushing it so Killing far. It. it did say regular exercise helps you stay focused longer um spending time in nature what if your work is exercise i digress can you see there are exceptions to every rule that's where you stop running and do email <laughs> five minutes <laughs> uh eating a balanced diet take supplements they didn't say what supplements it okay. doesn't matter horse tranquilizers just any just supplements anything you can you can swallow with water and get good sleep it's like well yeah of course anyway yeah, I think I think do all those things and then um you know one of my favorite one of my favorite phrases I've ever heard as far as what we do and again this is specific to you and I but it takes as much time as you've got to write a song. Yeah. And and and, and if there's anything that I have found is really true and I think this translates to probably any kind of work when you know the amount of time you have it tends to take that amount of time to do whatever it is right. you're trying to do. Yeah. And so that's you, really... We've both been in co-writes where the other person is like, you know what, I got to be out at one Oh, today. and you, you're you done. Yeah. You'll get it done. You'll get it done. Um, and I think, too, for me, that's why, I, you know, and, and I think ACUF or somebody talks about this in the business world, but, like, that's why people, oh, it's the is it the four-hour work week? There's some, there's some 
prevailing thought about this yeah. in the in in um sort of like the business dumb, you know, like yeah. authors and stuff, where it's like the less time you give yourself actually makes you more productive. Yeah. yeah. And and I do think there's a little bit of that. For those I mean, not a lot of people can control their time, but I think for those of us who can who are entrepreneurs, it's like I've found that to be incredibly true. Like yeah. when I'm like, all right, I got two hours today to sit back there and finish that song. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how focused I can be. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the days where I have a whole day to do something, I can really meander because it's kind of like... Because you got all day. You got all day. Yeah. And so I think as far as discipline... And I think too, it actually really justifies and gets me out of my brain loop when I know I have a day that I go, you know what? I'm actually going to run in the afternoon and then go grab lunch with a buddy. And then, you know, and all of a sudden, because I'm like, oh, because I know that I probably really only need about three hours to get done. And if I can and then move the date around, I'll actually be more productive with other things on my calendar mm-hmm. than I will the whole day. Yeah. yeah. And I find that to be true a lot. You yeah. Know? All right. I have, a, I have a quick little lightning round to, to, oh, wow. to end us here. Okay. Now, I just came up with this oh, I as love we're that. chatting. Let's go. So let's do this. Um, the number one thing that distracts you from your work when you're back here, what's the most consistent thing? Is Social it text? Media. Social media. Oh, text. Yeah. And then social media. Yeah, text. I mean, that's... Yeah, mine are definitely texts. Yeah. Or I will say I have the... Um, I have news alerts just on my computer in the back, which is terrible. Yeah. And it'll just give me like little headlines. Yeah, and, that's... And oh. Probably one out of every like five. I'll You're click like, on oh, it. Just, yeah. yeah. And then 45 minutes later... Cacti like, are suddenly oh, dying in Arizona. Tell me more about this. I mean, that's where they all are, so I guess... <laughs> where else would they Where die? else would they die? They've already died everywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> it's finally happening there. Um, if you had to choose to work... You can only work three hours a day. Okay. And it has to be either 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. or 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. What would you choose? Oh, 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. Because... Wait, 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. because that's the most realistic? No, because that's probably when I'd be the most focused. Oh, really? You'd be more focused at 4 a.m. than 4 yeah, p.m.? Yeah. yeah. 4 p.m., I'm, I would be lagging. It'd be my brain juice is all gone by then. What are you? What about 10 a.m. to 1? Or wait, 10, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. or 10 p.m. to 1 a.m.? Oh, that's not even. I'm asleep. <laughs> I mean, that's like I'm drooling on the keyboard. I used to be 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. I used to stay up all night, all the time. And I can't, I mean, by 6 p.m., I am so tired. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't do it anymore. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I would have to do, I, I would do the 4 to 7. I would actually enjoy that. I, I think I would, I know you've done that. I remember, like, you were not sleeping well a couple of months ago. And I remember you were mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, I was out there playing piano at 4.30. Yeah. Um, that, I, I've laughed, and this has become much more widespread than you would think. A lot of like my friends who are co-writers, moms and dads in the season of life we are, we've laughed about doing co-writes at like eight a.m. Yeah, or nine. And and I which found, for people listening who are like, I don't get it. Yeah, eight a.m. Yes, that's fair. Writers don't start. At Standard is ten or 10 eleven. Is yeah. the earliest. Yeah, yeah. And I've had a few. I've actually done a few where like they'll be, do y'all cool? And you just see the text ring. It just gets earlier. Like y'all cool with ten? I could probably do nine thirty. I'm good with nine. Yeah. But let's get crazy and start at eight. I mean, and you know, yeah, it's 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 more doable than you'd think. I kind of feel like I'm I'm slowly pushing more toward like I would rather get up at four thirty and have almost everything done by noon. Yeah, that's kind of a good day for me. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I agree. I mean, right now having kids and like getting them all to school and stuff like that is you know obviously that's a fixed point in the morning that I'm not going to work through. But, um, cause I'm such a great dad, but I was going to say once that's over, I could see me working through. And then like, by the time 11 hits, I've, I've been working, you know, for a good chunk yeah. of the day and then I'm done. Yeah. Um, all right. Last question. Would you rather, if you could be back here and write a song, write all the music to a song and then that's the day, but no lyrics. Or all the lyrics to a song and no music. Which, which oh, what a great question! Oh, John, you go answer first. I would choose lyrics. 
if if the lyric is great, a thousand times. Are you out saying of a the thousand. music's already done? Or are you just writing a lyric? There's no music. Oh, you just have the lyric, or there's no lyric. You have no idea what the song is about lyrically. You just have the music. But, but in both scenarios, you're totally pumped because both are great. I mean, I feel better having finished a lyric, but I'll tell you this. If I was just writing a lyric to no music, I'd rather have the music done. I'd feel more productive there because I'd know what it is. Lyric yeah. could be like, I don't know what this is going to fit into. Yeah. It's really cool. Well, I have never written a lyric first. Yeah. And then written the music. But the lyrics for me are so hard. Oh, it's so hard. I would much, much, much rather it's have a, a, it's a great lyric. It's almost impossible. Done. Yeah. To still, I mean, it, how long have we been doing it to have a lyric? You really think, like, I've never said that before. Right. Or I've never said something about that before. Yeah. Like this. Yeah. It's so tough. I know. We have a hard work life, John. <laughs> Should we end with that? I mean, so now? in summation, man, are we good dads who have such hard lives. <laughs> Working nine to five. Most of the you got to be in it. <laughs>